Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Dr. Paul Kilgore Podcast. And here today, one of the questions we'd like to answer and look at is, how do I know when I'm getting good value for my health care? This is such an important question nowadays because all of us want to make sure not only are we getting good health care in particular, but we also want to make sure that we're getting what we pay for and we have good quality care. First, let's take a look at understanding what we mean by healthcare value. Really, the value of healthcare, one way to look at it at least, is to compare the quality of care that you're getting with the cost that you're actually paying for that particular service. High value doesn't always mean that you're paying for the cheapest option or doesn't mean that you want to choose the cheapest option. Remember, we want to make sure we focus on the outcomes, the health outcomes that we want to achieve and compare that to the price tag that we're going to pay for the particular intervention. It could be a drug or it could be a procedure, a surgery. When we think about quality of care, we want to recognize a couple things about quality of care. One is, am I satisfied with it? That means we really like to look at patient satisfaction. We also want to look at the patient experience. So as you interact with your healthcare provider, for example, was it a pleasant experience? Was it easy to undergo that procedure? Or was it easy to access the clinic and the doctor? Second thing we want to do when we look at quality of care is we want to look at our clinical outcomes. We want to make sure that whatever intervention we're undertaking, it could be a drug or a procedure like a surgery, is it successful? And by success, we mean, did it solve the problem that we're trying to solve? It may be a drug treatment. It may be a surgical procedure. It could be putting in a cardiac stent or a coronary artery stent. There's all kinds of procedures. Each has a clinical outcome that we want to look at. Doctors look at this. Clinics look at it. Hospitals look at it. And I think we as individual patients need to look at this as well. The other thing we want to look at, even before we undertake a procedure, when we consider the value of our health care, we want to look at the, what we call the continuum of care. And what this means is we're looking at the pre, the during procedure, and the post-treatment. So we want to look at what happens to us before we undergo the procedure. What's the preparation? How did that experience go? We also want to look at how we felt and what the experience was like when we had the procedure or when we were undergoing the treatment. And then thirdly, we want to look at that post-treatment experience period. Did I get good follow-up? Did people ask questions about how I was recovering? Did the recovery go well? Did the recovery go as expected or were there problems that came up during the post-treatment period? These are all things that we want to look at when we try to recognize how good of a quality of care we are getting. The other thing, of course, we want to be able to do is break down the cost of care. And this, in our day and age, can be very, very challenging. We are now seeing a movement toward much more transparency in pricing for particular procedures. And what that means is that there should be no hidden costs or surprises when you get a bill after a procedure. Now, the other thing to do, of course, in thinking about breaking down costs is let's do some comparative shopping. This is now possible online in our internet uh, access. We have, we can actually go in and look at what pricing may be for a particular procedure and compare that across different hospitals or health systems. We want to know what is the market rate for a particular procedure or treatment. And there are some tricks that we can talk about in the future on how to do that. One is simply Googling and asking the question, what does a coronary artery stent cost on average? Some question like that. What does a gallbladder operation cost on average in my area? 
and, and region where I live. The other thing that we want to do when we break down costs is take a look at what we have in terms of our own insurance coverage. Healthcare insurance programs vary tremendously across the country. And one of the things that we want to do is not only make sure what procedures or what treatments are covered, but we also want to know what is going to be our out-of-pocket costs before we undertake a healthcare treatment or a procedure of any type. This is very important. If you have any questions, of course, you want to try and call your health care coverage company. It could be Blue Cross Blue Shield or other insurance program. Give them a call and ask them, what coverage do I have for the particular procedure that you may be undergoing? The next thing we want to do is take a look at the indicators of what we mean with high-value health care. So when we look at comprehensive patient-centered care, and what I mean by that is Patient care, that's care that you receive in a clinic or a hospital, is focused around you. You are the center of attention. You are why it matters that people are there in the first place to give health care. So we want to look at what we have in terms of tailored plans, tailored care plans that are addressing my individual needs. Do those plans take into account all the particular variables that may be affecting me. For example, the location of the service provider, the location of the hospital, how much the procedure is going to cost, what happens in the pre and the during the procedure and after the procedure. What does that care plan look like? We also want to make sure that the procedure or the treatment is being considered with me at the center, but also in a very holistic way, meaning the clinic or the doctor or the hospital is going to be taking into account my physical, emotional, and psychological needs as I go through the treatment process. This is especially important for longer-term treatments. For example, a treatment for a cancer. The treatment for cancer can sometimes be quite prolonged and can be complicated for patients to navigate. And so we want to make sure that the doctors, the clinics, the hospitals, and all the programs where I'm going to get that care have an integrated approach. We also want to make sure that when we talk about comprehensive patient-centered care, we're really making sure that we have an active role in our decision-making. The doctors and the clinics and all of the hospitals that interact with us should be asking us, what is our desire? What do we want to achieve? Is my decision being considered? Am I able to make a decision for my care that really is what I want to achieve? The other thing we want to do is take a look at what the evidence-based practices are that my doctor or hospital are undertaking. Are they using treatment recommendations based on the latest research? Do they actually document and tell me what regular training and updating of training my healthcare providers are undergoing? Do I know if they're board certified or not? Can I also find out what are the approaches that my institution is undertaking to improve the quality of care on a continuous basis? We call this data-driven approaches to continual quality care improvement. And that's critical nowadays in order to keep improving our quality of care every day. The other thing, of course, we want to be able to do is take a look at whether or not my system, my healthcare providers, doctors, and hospitals are efficient and do they have streamlined systems of care, meaning that you have minimal wait times and there's very few or no administrative hassles when you go in for care or for treatment. We also want to make sure that the system, the hospitals, the clinics 
are communicating with each other effectively. And sometimes this can not happen. And very often we can make an intervention and ask our doctors, how are you communicating with your subspecialists or your specialty providers? How is the surgeon talking with the internal medicine doctor or the hospitalist? How is the laboratory pathologist talking with the surgeon? How is the chemotherapy treatment nurse and coordinator talking with the oncologist or the doctor? All of these communication avenues are so important because it means either my care is going to be efficiently delivered and I would say also accurately delivered and it's also going to be streamlined, meaning I won't have to go through extra hassles to get things done. Everyone is talking to each other. This is very key. We also want to look at the healthcare value in terms of me being able to make informed decisions. And what that means is that I have the ability to do research and look at second opinions. I want to be able to use trustworthy sources of information to look at research on treatments and make sure that my providers know the latest treatments and that they are really up to speed with what should be done. We also want to recognize that there are benefits to getting second, even third opinions. I often recommend this to patients because you may find that you may get a great opinion on the first go-round. But if you're going in for a complicated treatment or a very serious intervention like a large surgery, you want to make sure that everyone agrees with each other. A second or third opinion is not a bad thing. You won't be insulting the doctor who gave you the first opinion. Just keep that in mind too. Also take a look at the healthcare providers, patient reviews and testimonials. That may give you some insight as to the quality of care and how much value you might be getting for that care. And also, as I've kind of touched on before, I like to see very open communication between the patients and the providers that means that you are free and comfortable to ask any questions and helps you make sure that you're comfortable with the treatment and the procedure plan and also clarifies any doubts you may have about a particular procedure. We also want to be able to have that open communication with our providers to discuss alternative treatments or interventions that maybe were not thought of originally but could also be potentially effective or when added together might provide a really good attack against the disease or condition that we have. At the same time, we need to respect providers and the providers, the doctors, the nurses, all those people taking care of us should show respect to us. That's something that's very basic to the healthcare environment. If you're not getting that, then you need to consider looking elsewhere for your treatment or your care. And finally, when we look at long-term value, we wanna make sure that we're going to get really good well-coordinated, well-designed post-treatment support and care. You can have the greatest surgeon in the world, you can have the greatest doctor in the world, but if the nurses and the staff are not talking to each other, not looking at you post-operatively, for example, and if doctors are not looking at you after you've got a treatment and they're not looking in on you, checking in to make sure a wound is clean, you don't have an infection, that you don't have a fever, and that your recovery is going as expected, then you have a problem, and that's not a good thing. You need to make sure that all the preventive measures are put in and all you get the right guidance for sustaining your health after you go home or you go to a recovery facility too. It's really kind of taking a long-term view when you go in for treatment to make sure that you get that lifetime value of good healthcare. And that's really something that we want to encourage, not only among healthcare providers, but patients and families need to be educated around this topic as well. So it's very much a partnership between the patients and healthcare providers. So a few key action steps 
when you're thinking about maximizing your healthcare value. Let me run through several of these. Number one, be proactive. Make sure you're getting regular checkups and screenings. This can help prevent higher treatment costs later and down the road. Number two, educate yourself. Make sure you understand what the treatments are, what are the options for the treatments or the interventions like a surgery, and make sure you do research to understand what are the going rates, the market rates for these different procedures or treatments in your area. Number three, build a relationship. Establish that trust with your healthcare provider. That can actually lead to better healthcare in the long run, even though it takes more time up front because you're sitting down spending time to talk with them. It also means that you may need to have questions prepared when you go into a clinic or treatment. Make sure you have questions in a paper and a pen or pencil ready to write down information that you get from the nurse, or the doctor, other healthcare providers. Number four, we want to advocate for transparency at all levels. It is your job. It is our responsibility, but it's also the responsibility of your healthcare provider, I believe, and the hospitals and other healthcare facilities to be very clear on the pricing for treatment, for drugs, for testing, and for interventions like a surgery. We should never be getting a surprise bill in the mail after we come home from a big procedure or surgery. Number five, we want to utilize technology. That means there's going to be apps or portals that help us track health metrics and communications. Very often now, hospitals and doctors are using electronic health records. These often have an app on the phone. You can download and get instructions from your hospital or healthcare provider. Epic is one large company that has an electronic health record. They also have an app on the phone that you can download, and you can actually communicate with your doctor through that app, and you can also track your laboratory tests and other procedures and appointments. So it's a really, really useful technology. Number six, we want to look at and seek recommendations. Seeking recommendations from trusted friends, from family, from online communities can be very helpful, and that can provide you with referrals to doctors who have an established reputation or have experience in the particular condition that you want to understand or even eventually get treatment for. Number seven, review insurance plans. Make sure that you take a regular review, annual review, of what you are getting coverage for. What is your insurance allowing you to be covered? And where are your out-of-pocket costs going to come from? That way, if you're getting ready to go in for a procedure or clinic visit or get treatments or laboratory tests, you will know how much may be covered and how much you should try to anticipate paying when you go in for those treatments or those procedures. Number eight. We want to focus on prevention. I cannot overemphasize this point. The focus on prevention is really my number one goal for everyone to understand. I want to make sure that you know that when we can prevent disease or delay disease onset, it means that not only are we going to save money out of pocket perhaps, but we're going to feel better. We're going to do more in life. We're going to be more to our families. We'll be more effective at work and all the way around from our physical, mental, and emotional health, we need to focus on prevention, disease prevention, and making sure that we get the best value when we go in for those preventive procedures. Number nine, the final point I want to make here is that we always want to prioritize our health. Sometimes the best value is really investing in the long-term benefits of prevention. It's very challenging in today's environment and our busy lifestyles to try to always prioritize health. But if we do a little bit every day, if we can focus every day on improving our health just a little bit, maybe 1%, we do one more activity a few minutes a day, 
this could really yield huge benefits down the road. And that's why I really want you to think about this carefully as we go forward. So by recognizing the indicators of value and proactively seeking high quality health care, we can make sure that you're getting the best value for what you pay in your health insurance, what you pay out of pocket, and it'll be more efficient and you'll have a much better experience with the doctors, the hospitals, and the healthcare providers that you will likely be interacting with over the next several years. So until next time, this is Dr. Paul Kilgore, and please visit drpaulkilgore.com and let me know if you have any questions about this podcast or any other questions. Thanks so much.